0: listening to To The Spirit Podcast.
1: Hi friends, and welcome to The Spirit. I'm Beck. And I'm Steph. Hey Steph. Hi. What's new?
0: Oh, a lot of things are new. Yeah? Yeah. (laughs) Tell me, what's going on? Well, I wanted to tell you about a story that happened to me a couple weeks ago. My friend Jasmine, she is a school teacher, but she also works at this bakery that's right across from where we live. She's my neighbor. She calls me after work and she said, there's this new woman that's working there. She's about 60 years old. And she goes, I've never worked with her before and she couldn't get anything right. So I guess she's ringing people up. If it was $3, it would be $30. Oh, she's
1: older though, right? I mean, they have
0: a little problem with technology. She couldn't tell because she's never worked with her. She's like, is it because she's new? Is it? What's wrong with her? And she said it was like there was something wrong. After I'm done talking to Jasmine, she's telling me what her work was like. I wanted to go to the store, so my niece and I get in the car. And it's about 7 30 at night, and I'm going down to the corner of our street, which was just like a second from where we parked. And I see something out of the corner of my eye, and it looked like a big black garbage bag in the middle of the road. I'm like, why is there a garbage bag? And Teresa's like, that's a person in the road. And I'm like, what? So I I turn the corner real slowly, making sure I'm not going to run her over. Mm -hmm. I'm hoping it's not a bad person, you know, because my neighborhood's kind of sketchy. Yeah. So I roll down the window and like, are you okay? And she's just moaning. She's like, uh, I fell. I'm like, well, how did you fall? She goes, I don't know. I just fell. Okay. I said, all right, let me help you up. So I get out of the car. I help her up, and she goes, I think I broke my arm. And I said, wow. I said, well, I'll take you home. Where do you live? And she lived literally in walking distance, but I took her anyways. And I said, where are you coming from? And she goes, the bakery. <laughs> so this is the woman. But did you know that at the time? No, had no idea. Okay. I was, like, really, really excited. I was like, wow. I go, you know Jasmine? She goes, yep. And I said, uh, she was just talking to me a little while ago. And so I bring her to the house. And she, she seemed to be okay to walk in by herself. And I said, please get your arm checked out. So that was it. I called Jasmine. I was like, you won't believe I bumped into your coworker who apparently fell in the middle of the road. There was nothing to trip over. And she's like, wow, wow. So then the next day, after I get home from work and she gets home from work, she calls me and she said, well, I found out the coworker broke her shoulder with that fall. Ooh. And like, that's like a fall that has got to be really hard. But she is older. Yeah. She might have osteoporosis. Well, yeah, I mean, you're, you're more fragile when you get older. Then, I think it was Wednesday, it was the third day in a row, I get another call from Jasmine saying, you won't believe what happened. She said, that woman you helped that I worked with, they found her dead in her apartment. From a broken shoulder? No one knows. Even Jasmine doesn't know to this day, because she wasn't a personal friend of hers, how she died.
1: That's so sad and scary. Very
0: scary. I was glad I was there to help her at the moment, but I always wonder what, why these things happen, and are they for a reason? I don't know, but I wish that she didn't die. I felt like it would have been better if I was able to help her, and then she got to the hospital and got herself situated. She and wouldn't she was let fine. you take
1: her to the hospital?
0: She didn't ask me to, and I have to say that I wasn't concerned, c- enough. concerned in that sense because I thought... A lot of people say, oh, I broke this or I broke that, and then it's not broke. It's happened to many people, so I just looked at it. She's responsible for herself. She's got to call the ambulance, but I would have if she
1: asked. That's so messed up stuff. Yeah, it's very strange. That's one way to start a show. I know. (laughs) I'll try to pick up the happiness a little bit. (laughs) (laughs) There's a new show on Netflix. It's called The Irregulars Just Dropped. And it's a crew of misfits investigates a series of supernatural crimes in Victorian London for Dr. Watson and his shadowy associate, Sherlock Holmes. I'm three or four episodes in, I think, at this point. And pretty good. Really? Yeah, I'm enjoying it. I've been watching, I forget the name (laughs) because I'm so bad.
0: I have a problem with my memory, but it has Sean Bean in it. Do you know who that is? No. He was in Lord of the Rings. He played uh, Boromir, I think. He was in uh, Game of Thrones. He was the the king that got killed in the beginning, in the first season. The big guy with the beard? I can't remember. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) But anyways, he's in a show that's like, it's about Frankenstein. It's about Mary Shelley, Frankenstein. He's like an investigator, and it's back in the 1700s. So he's in London. He's investigating, like, missing children. And they keep on finding, like, young girls with, like, stitches on their neck and things like that. There's a lot of doctors that are getting these corpses they can work with and he's trying to find the trail he's like an investigator but then there's a twist to it where well don't spoil it but those those are really you don't know the name of it it's the frankenstein chronicles but it's really good i think there's only two seasons right now what network is that on netflix
1: okay so it's right there next to the irregulars on netflix another show that's coming that looks absolutely fascinating i saw the preview for called the nevers And The Nevers is described as an epic science fiction drama about a gang of Victorian women who find themselves with unusual abilities, relentless enemies, and a mission that might change the world. Hmm. Have you seen this preview? Nope, never heard of it. It looks like they're battling and it's set in that depressing Victorian dreary time, (laughs) which is the same as The Irregulars on Netflix. It's the same time period. Yeah, sounds the same. Your story kind of ties into what we're going to talk about today, because you did pick up a lady off the street, but she wasn't dead. But she died later. Maybe
0: she's going to be hanging out on Park Avenue where I live. And she's going to be a... She's going to be asking
1: for rides. She's going to be a phantom (laughs) hitchhiker.
0: I broke my shoulder. I need a ride.
1: And this is what the show's about, is phantom hitchhikers. There's a difference between ghost hitchhikers and phantom hitchhikers. Did you know that?
0: No, I thought, they were, I thought they were ghosts, basically.
1: Well, ghosts and entities can attach themselves to people and travel home with them. They call them hitchhikers. Okay. A phantom hitchhiker is more of a literal something or somebody's on the side of the road and then you pick them up. This happens in different ways. So you're in a car with a complete stranger on a highway where a mistake can easily result in a dangerous car crash. There's something about it that's not entirely comfortable. There's urban legends of vanishing hitchhikers, and they're very widespread around the world, and they're quite old. And the oldest ones, the vehicles picking up the ghosts, were still horses and carriages. I've heard that.
0: I was actually had read that when I was researching this, and I was like, wow, this goes way back. Yeah. I guess when
1: uh, we started using vehicles. <laughs> well, I think it even goes back further, but the basic outline is always the same. So it's a driver picks up a hitchhiker on a lonely stretch of road and sometimes just agrees to give a lift to somebody They met at a party or similar circumstances. The passenger is most often a beautiful young woman, more rarely an old woman. The driver's almost always male. The passenger may complain of being cold, regardless of the actual weather. The driver will loan his or her jacket or a blanket. The driver takes the passenger to the address she specifies, but when he arrives there, he finds that she has vanished from the car without a trace. Sometimes she disappears as the driver passes the graveyard where she's buried. Sometimes she gets out and appears to enter the house. But the driver decides to check on her the next day. He inquires at the house where he learns that his passenger has died long before sometimes. It's the anniversary of the death. When he visits her gravestone, he finds his jacket draped over it. That's the classic story, right? Mm. But there's another variant found as far back as the Bible A driver picks up a hitchhiker on a lonely stretch of road. The driver's male, the passenger, often an old woman, very often a nun. The passenger issues prophecies during the ride. These vary by region and by story and can be vague or specific, but don't necessarily have to come true. She vanishes from the driver's car before they reach her destination. The driver's subsequent inquiries reveal that she's dead or divine. In Hawaii, she's usually the goddess Pele. And then there's another variant. As seen in Pee-wee's Big Adventure, where the passenger's alive, but the driver's dead. You know, large marge.
0: Everybody must watch Pee-wee's Big Adventure now to know what we're talking about.
1: It's the funniest scene in the movie. When fiction's taken its cue and variations are manifold, it can be the driver as well as the hitchhiker who has some strange qualities. And there's a variation where the apparition will seemingly materialize in front of a moving car. Despite instant braking, it appears that they've been hit. Getting out and examining will not reveal any body. Rest assured, however, that the driver has been marked. That's scary. You're probably marked now. Well, she was alive. And you didn't hit her. Yeah, she was alive.
0: Have you ever had that experience? Have you ever picked up any hitchhikers? Never. Because I don't think people do this anymore. No.
1: like they used to. I would say, kind of died out in the 80s. Well, my grandma and my mother taught me never to pick anyone up that I didn't know.
0: I think it's like the whole when you see the stories of serial killers, it kind of like you're afraid to be charitable to someone. I picked up a hitchhiker once a few years ago. But she wasn't hitchhiking. It was someone I reached out to. So I was driving down the road and it was pouring rain really bad. And this person was waiting for a bus without any shelter. It was just a woman and I said, Listen, I'll give you a ride. Where are you going? And she I could tell she was a little scared, but I said, I'm okay. You know, like you can I'll take you to where you got to go. And, and she came in. She was nervous. But once we started talking, she was fine. Which it wasn't like super close, but it wasn't that bad. But I was surprised that she was taking a bus that distance
1: because hmm. it would have taken forever. Maybe she had some sort of disability or pain or ailment.
0: Yeah, I have no idea. It's something that I would never do. And especially if it's just weird, like if you're driving down a really dark road and you see some mysterious
1: person out of nowhere... Waving you down. <laughs> I'd be more apt to pick up like an old lady with groceries walking down the road. Because I could battle an old lady. Yeah, I think there's some guys that I could probably battle. I wouldn't be picking up guys, though. I always yeah. look at little old ladies. Their yeah, groceries. I would probably do that. I think, oh, I should just give them a ride. But then I think the same thing. Like, what if they think I'm a psychopath? What if they think I'm a murderer? Or they could have mental craziness and yeah. go nuts on me in the car and then cause a crash and we all die. So <laughs> it's a very risky thing. I know. Tell the story. You put it in your book, too. But it's not that it
0: was a hitchhiker and it was probably a real person. I'm glad you brought this up, actually. I was
1: thinking maybe you could play the part of Maggie. Okay. So like Steph said, I didn't pick anyone up, but I was in a weird situation. And it can kind of relate to a phantom hitchhiker in a sense. This is coming out of my book, Look Up, The Journey of a Soul Satellite. It's chapter seven. It's called Swamp Figure. Late one night, my friend Maggie and I decided to visit our friend Scott. Scott lived about 25 minutes from the small city. Maggie and I resided. To get to Scott's house, you had to drive through a large swamp area, appropriately called Rattlesnake Gulch. The swamp surrounded the lonely one-lane road on each side, and yes, some rattlesnakes reside in that swamp. It had to be close to midnight as we zoomed down the roadway, going 55 miles an hour with our high beams on. It was a summer night but not warm enough to have the windows down on the small compact Maggie was driving, which proved to be a good thing. We encountered no other cars on that long stretch of road, and it was dimly lit. It was about halfway through the swamp area when we came upon something out of a horror movie. A figure, dressed in all black, emerged from the swamp and was rushing quickly at the car, which was still going 55 miles an hour. It was fast, and the figure was swinging something like a scythe or a long stick as it quickly approached the car. It seemed like everything went into slow motion at that moment. I remember the look of terror on Maggie's face, and my heart was beating out of my chest. What do I do? Speed up! Put the pedal to the metal! We whizzed by the figure and just barely missed being struck. It was horrifying. We couldn't wrap our minds around what we had just seen. Was it a man dressed as the Grim Reaper? Was it something supernatural? What man would stand in a rattlesnake mosquito-infested swamp in the middle of nowhere in the middle of the night? Why was it rushing the car? Wouldn't it know that it could be hurt as we were driving highway speeds? What were the intentions of this black figure? Did it intend to kill us? These were the questions Maggie and I shot back and forth at each other as we continued our drive. Once we felt like we were in the clear, we found a closed gas station and searched for a payphone. We called Scott just to let him know what we had encountered, and we weren't going to make it. We debated calling the police. I don't remember why we didn't. Maybe because we thought they would think it was a prank call or that we were just crazy. I looked at Maggie and said, we have to go back. Maggie, she looked at me like I had two heads and said,
0: no way.
1: Maggie, we have to see if what we saw was real. We will go really fast past that area, but we just need to know. Becca, what if the
0: creature tries to kill us?
1: Listen, it can't kill us if we're going fast. Maggie was understandably hesitant, but I needed to know what the hell that was. As we made our way back down that same stretch of road, we saw flashing lights up in the distance. We couldn't make out if they were police lights. As we got closer, it became apparent that it was a minivan with its flashers on in the same area where the figure came at us. I said to Maggie, Do you think that thing attacked the van? She stayed silent as we slowed down the car to 40 miles an hour. What do we do?
0: I'm not stopping, back. That thing might still be around.
1: What if it attacked the van? What if there's a family in there that needs our help? I think we both knew that there was nothing we could do for them except call the police when we got to civilization. As we passed the van, I turned to look and saw that figure in black, still holding something long, dashing towards the vehicle. We never found out what or who it was. It was never on the news, and we never did call the police. Maggie and I still recall it to this day and speak Of our mystery, hoping someone has encountered this before, waiting for an answer we will never get. As Maggie always says,
0: Only with you, Beck, only with you. Rattlesnake Gulch is this big long stretch of road Mm -hmm. that has no turns because it goes right through a swamp. To walk this road would be ridiculous because even in good conditions, it's high speed and You'd be on it for a few miles of walking, you know, it'd be, it's just not something you ever see people on, period. And the fact that someone came out of the swamp,
1: out of the swamp, like, would be ridiculous. There's mosquitoes and freaking snakes in there. And what in the hell are you doing in the middle of the night in the pitch black of dark? There are no lights on that road either. No. It's very rural. Yeah, it just joins one town to another and it's
0: just a, a, a quick way to get to, like, Point A to B. Point A to B, like Bridgeport, you know, from somewhere to Bridgeport. It's one of those places that I don't like driving through because if you ever had an accident, you're in the middle of nowhere. Exactly. So for someone to walk all that way, because there's nowhere to park. You can't hide your car anymore. No, I didn't. We didn't see a car. Yeah, there's no, you'd have to walk it and it would take miles, a few miles, and then hide there and wait for a car to come out. I mean, this guy must be insane.
1: He's either insane or it was supernatural. Yeah. The way it looked was not normal. There was no human face. It was black, like this thing. Mags and I are always just like, what in the hell did we witness? What was that? So I have some tales and you have some tales to share of phantom hitchhikers. The White Woman of Belkin Tunnel. The White Woman of Belkin Tunnel is an urban legend from Switzerland. See, these come from all over the world. And that emerged in the early 1980s. Am I saying it right? The Belchin Tunnel? I have no idea. (laughs) I think I called it Belkin, but it could be Belchin. But in the Belchin Tunnel, an old woman is said to sometimes appear in the road ahead of lonely drivers at night. The drivers slow when they see her there. She hitches a ride with the driver for a few miles before suddenly vanishing from the vehicle. Hence the name Vanishing Hitchhiker. Apparently, the woman looks sick and tired. If the driver asks if she's okay, she responds by telling him something terrible is about to happen. That's scary. Yeah, I know. (laughs) See, I'd pick that old lady up. I would have picked her up. Yeah. She looks ill. I got to get her to the hospital.
0: (laughs) Can I just tell you something funny? Yeah. I forgot another person that I picked up. Winter's hair really bad. And I saw this guy who was very frail. I've seen him before in the neighborhood. I didn't know where he lived pulling a cart like a shopping cart not a shopping cart that comes from a store but like one of those little things you'd buy if you went to the store yourself you'd bring it to put your groceries in. oh
1: yeah the old lady carts that you pull yeah
0: yep and he had one and the weather was bad so he couldn't walk the sidewalks they're loaded with snow he's walking in the middle of the street and he was struggling so bad so I pulled over and I said hey do you want a ride and he was very nice and he was so frail
1: I was like oh I could take this guy no yeah big, yeah no big deal <laughs> You always got to gauge him. Can I take him? (laughs) Yeah.
0: So he gets in and the phone, he starts talking to me and he was so enthusiastic and he was telling me his health and he had really severe like arthritis. He has the arthritis? He's got the arthritis. And no, what he was buying was like, he had a ton of ice cream. Like he was stocking up on ice cream. Like no wonder he's got arthritis. Was it maple walnut? I don't know, but (laughs) you know how old people like their maple walnut. I do. Oh my gosh. So I take him up to his house, which wasn't far from the store. It was all hilly. It would have been a bitch to get to. And he asked me, he's like, uh, do you like Rocky? I'm like, you mean the movie Rocky? Yeah, or Rambo? And I was like, yeah, I've seen him before. He's like, well, why don't you come over? and We'll, we'll watch him. <laughs> oh, he was lonely. <laughs> he was super lonely. But he was, just... was odd looking, smelly, semi, I would say like. He's probably de- like a destitute poor person that's got many, many health issues. By eating all that ice yeah, cream. Yeah, when I helped him into his apartment, it was it was dirty. Yeah. <laughs> it was like, no, I'm not going to sit in your living room and watch Rocky. But that was very nice of you to pick him up. It was just funny, though. I thought the conversation was so funny, though. And I don't see him
1: anymore. I presumably, another person I picked up passed away. <laughs> oh, my. Probably. He's gone. Probably. I don't ever
0: see him anymore.
1: So basically, instead of them vanishing you pick them up and then they die. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So Steph's the one you have to look out for, everyone. Don't accept a ride from Steph.
0: (laughs) The story of Resurrection Mary is considered one of the most famous ghosts in Chicagoland. The story begins on another winter night in 1934 when a young girl was killed in an auto accident while on her way home from the O. Henry Ballroom on Archer Avenue in Justice, Illinois. Five years later, in 1939, a cab driver picks up a young girl in a white gown on Archer Avenue. She sits in the front seat and instructs him to drive north on Archer. After driving a short distance, she suddenly tells him to stop and simply vanishes from the cab. The cab is stopped in front of Resurrection Cemetery, where the girl is buried. According to a 1977 account, a woman may have seen Mary locked inside the iron fence of the cemetery. Reportedly, the metal bars bore the imprints of her hands, according to the Northwest Indiana Society of Ghost Research. The girl's name was actually Elizabeth Wilson, and the cemetery she's buried in is actually called Ross Cemetery. It kind of reminds me, too, when we were talking about those ghosts that were being seen in Japan Yeah, because of the the natural disaster ghost mm-hmm. episode, and cab drivers are picking them up. Uh huh. And they're wet, they're dripping. It, it's freaky.
1: It is freaky. And I was thinking about this when I was researching for the show. It was like the ghosts of Japan, the tsunami victims. Niles Canyon ghost is one of the less well-known tales of the vanishing hitchhiker ghost. This legend describes a young girl who died in a car crash on the way to her high school prom. The car crashed into Niles Canyon and she was never seen again. Not alive anyway. Ever since then, her ghost has returned to the road on the day she died. Guess what day that is? My birthday. Oh, great. <laughs> February 26th. Drivers see her wandering the road in her dress. So they pick her up. She tells them where she lives, and they agree to drive her there, but she soon disappears. The driver visits the address, she told them to take her, and they find a run-down, long-abandoned house. This is uh, called the Smoking Ghost,
0: which I think this is how I'm going to be appearing to people after I'm dead. (laughs)
1: Like an actual Smoking Ghost, like in the movie Ghost, where he's trying to get the cigarettes out of the vending machine? (laughs)
0: Uh, I don't know. I have to read this to
1: actually Should find out. Should be called out. the American
0: Spirit Ghost? The Marlboro <laughs> Ghost? On a night in February. Hey, maybe it's February 26th again, Oh, it's always that day. <laughs> 1951, a British officer stops for a fellow soldier hitchhiking on the road. The stranger is dressed in a Royal Air Force uniform. And after he gets into the car with the officer, asks if he can burn a cigarette. The officer gives him one of his camels and a lighter with which to light it. With his peripheral vision, the officer sees the flash of the lighter, but then turning his head is astonished to see that his passenger has vanished into thin air. Only the cigarette lighter remains on the seat.
1: Well, at least he got to keep the cigarette. You know how you used to, you used to bum cigarettes off people? Yeah. He's the master bummer. <laughs> and if Steph picked him up, he would have died again. <laughs> White Rock Lake is a large reservoir in Texas. It's a fairly normal lake, other than bizarre legend surrounding it. Legend tells us that the area surrounding the lake is haunted by the Lady of White Rock Lake. She died during the 1930s at the young age of 20. To suit this, she can be seen wearing an old-fashioned dress soaked through with the water, of course, Like every other vanishing hitchhiker on this list, she hitches a ride with kind strangers a few minutes into the journey. She tells the driver she was just involved in a boating accident. Seconds after telling this, she completely disappears, apparently leaving behind a soaking wet book. The book contains no words, just blank pages. Wow. That one's a little different. Yeah. At least they get a little memento. Journal. That's a, I wouldn't
0: know if I want to keep, I mean, like you'd want to keep it. Oh, yeah. But then at the same time, is it linking you to something
1: scary? Maybe it's marking you.
0: Sometimes it seems these phantom hitchhikers don't always ask for rides. They just take them. In the mid-1980s, a woman named Roxy was driving along Highway 36 near Edmonton in Alberta when she was astonished to see a spirit suddenly sitting in the passenger seat next to her. I realized he wasn't flesh and blood, but needless to say, I was scared. He appeared in shades of black, gray, and white, as if a black and white movie was being projected into my car. His attire, she said, from the previous decade, and she was able to describe him clearly. Black turtleneck, black pants, leather boots, blonde chin-length hair. He turned, smiled at her with a small wave of his hand and disappeared. He sounded like a beatnik, like black turtleneck.
1: This case emerged just last year when two radio presenters reportedly filmed what they believed to be ghostly hitchhiker while they drove past. They didn't stop to pick him up. They just kept driving. The video gained national attention when it was picked up by the media. They say the hitchhiker was wearing an old RAF uniform. In the early 1940s, a military plane had crashed near to that very road. This had inspired speculation that the hitchhiker is a ghost of a soldier who died in it. But realistically, a ghost story involving two radio presenters is probably just a hoax. Would you like to see the video? Sure.
0: There's a person there, that's for sure. Interesting.
1: Yeah, why did they swing the camera? That's a
0: little weird. If it's a driver using his phone, then you have to keep your eyes on the road. So but there maybe... was two
1: people, two presenters oh. in the car, so one of them was a jackass and panned up for some reason. So you don't know if it's a hoax, but it's still kind of a fun story. This story has many of the classic elements. It takes
0: place in Tompkinsville, Kentucky. Two young men are on their way to a dance when they spot a girl their age walking along the road in a party dress. They stop and ask if she'd like to attend the dance with them. She accepts and spends the evening dancing with them. When the dance is finished, the young men offer to take her home, and she insists they drop her off at a certain spot. They agree. And since it is raining, one of the boys gives her his coat, saying he will pick it up from her later. As she requests, they drop her off at a house on Meshach Road. A few days later, the boy returns to the house to retrieve his coat, but is told by the woman at the house that the girl he describes sounds like her daughter who died in an accident on the road. When the boy visits her grave at the cemetery, his coat is laying beside her tombstone.
1: Always. It's a classic story. I have the hitcher at Bluebell Hill. And Bluebell Hill is a historic chalk hill in southern England. It's a designated site of scientific interest, but it's also the site of a creepy interest. People have reported seeing ghostly hitchhikers here since early 1970s, and in 1974, a man reported seeing a young girl appear in the road ahead of his car. She collapsed to the ground immediately, so he stopped the car to help her. She was bleeding as if she had just been run over. Legend tells that she just asked him, Why did you hit me? He covered her with a blanket and drove away to inform the police. By the time the police arrives, the girl was gone. But the bloody blanket remained. Now this story supposedly was repeated more than once. So other people have encountered this bloody girl.
0: Wow. It's amazing that there's pieces left behind. There was a story I heard when I was with the Religious Sisters when I was in Religious Life. And uh, this happened in the Philippines, but there was a priest, uh, the, the sister that told me knew the priest, and he's the one that recounted the story to her. And he was riding a regular, like, uh, city bus, or, you know, I think they call them jeepneys or whatever, in, in uh, the Philippines. And he got in a whole conversation with a man, and the man wanted to go to confession, and he gave him confession. You know, he was told to, to have a mass set for him. And so he knew his name, they had a full conversation, everything so when he went to look for him found out he had been dead for a while
1: well that might tie into the vanishing nun in the 1970s there was a whole string of reports involving the hitchhiking ghosts of a nun it was on a small road near the german austrian border where the nuns were picked up by kind drivers during the journey she would only speak in latin her speaking would pick up as the journey went on until she was speaking very quickly This continued until she suddenly disappeared from inside the car. Now, similar stories came out of Italy during this period. Urban legend tells that the nun could only be seen by Catholics who were going to die soon. She was a prophet of death.
0: Oh, wow. Never heard of that one. That's pretty interesting. Yeah. I think that's probably what's going to end up with me. I'm going to (laughs) get... I'm I'm the prophet Well, you're going to pick up the nun
1: and then the nun's going to (laughs) die.
0: So Steph is the prophet of death. I am the prophet of death.
1: <laughs> oh my gosh. And then there's the Highway 94 ghost. Oh, this is a favorite, and it comes out of New Zealand. Highway 94 is almost 160 miles long, so it might be hard to find this ghost if you want to. Not that you would want that. Each variation of the story claims the ghost was in a different area, so I'm just going to assume that it haunts the entire highway. <laughs> Apparently, drivers often see a native Maori woman holding a frightened kitten. She appears to be hitchhiking by the roadside, so drivers often pull over to pick her up. But as soon as the car stops, the woman and the cat completely disappear. So she doesn't even get in the car. Wow. She holds a little kitten as bait.
0: There's a classic urban legend called the Phantom Hitchhiker, which goes something like this. One night, a man's driving down a dark country road when he notices a young lady hitchhiking by the side of the road. She's pretty, with long blonde hair, and she's wearing a blue dress. The man thinks, she looks safe. Isn't yeah, like everyone... <laughs> yeah, he's perverted. Yeah, she's probably thinking other things. <laughs> Why not pick her up? The young lady gets in the passenger seat and says, there's a big white farmhouse about a mile down the road. Could you drop me off there? The man agrees. The hitchhiker doesn't say anything else, and he doesn't push her for more information. After a mile, the man sees a big white farmhouse. He turns to the young lady and says, Is this your place? But she's not there. The passenger seat is empty. He pulls over in front of the farmhouse and looks in the back seat. She's not there either. An old woman comes out of the house and says, Hey, what's all the commotion? The man explains, A young woman just disappeared from his moving car. The old woman says, What did she look like? She was pretty with long blonde hair and a blue dress. The old woman says, You just described my daughter. She died in a car accident on this road ten years ago tonight. As far as ghosts go, the phantom hitchhiker is pretty innocuous, but there's a hitchhiking ghost on Route 44 in Massachusetts who seems a little more malevolent. People who have seen the ghost describe him as a red-haired middle-aged man in a flannel shirt. He doesn't say much and is pretty quiet, at least at first. In one story, a driver picks up the red-haired man who gets in the back seat. Naturally, it's late at night. Where are you headed? The driver asks. The hitcher says nothing but just points straight ahead. But as they head down the road, he starts to giggle. (laughs) The giggles become loud laughs. laughs. You want to tell me what's so funny? The driver says. The hitchhiker says nothing. And the laugh becomes howls of wild derisive laughter (laughs) you better knock it off if you want to ride the hitcher keeps laughing the driver looks into the rearview mirror and sees the red-haired man's face distorted with malice his eyes bugged out with an insane glee and then suddenly the red-haired hitchhiker disappears like a soap bubble only his laughter lingers on slowly fading away into the night
1: (laughs) that's freaky that's a bad one (laughs) You don't hear of many men, though. Yeah. It was a dark, stormy night, and a lone motorbike rider was out late one night, driving along a deserted, lonely, country lane. As he approached a bend, he caught a sight of what appeared to be a windswept woman with long, flowing hair. The woman beckoned silently to the rider to pull over, and fearing for the lady's safety on such a bleak night, he promptly obliged The wind was howling, making it difficult to talk, and the lady did not seem to want to speak, instead preferring to communicate in gestures. She indicated that she wanted to ride on the back of the motorbike, and promptly took the spare crash helmet, placing it on her head. After pointing ahead and speaking only the name, where she wanted to go, she wrapped her arms tightly around the waist of the unsuspecting rider. The bike set off a few miles down the road, and as the journey progressed, the woman's grip became tighter and tighter. The motorbike rider was relieved when he finally pulled into town. He slowed and pulled up to the edge of the pavement and glanced around to tell the woman that she certainly had a vice-like grip. To his absolute amazement, the woman was gone, and his spare crash helmet was left as it had never been moved. I'm thinking that perhaps the woman may have jumped or fallen off the motorbike, the rider frantically retraced his steps, but to no avail. The only conclusion he could draw was that he had been carrying a ghost behind him. Now, there are some embellishments to this tale, and these tend to depend upon the version being told. Certain variations of the story conclude that later in that evening, the rider, on recounting the tale in the local pub was duly informed by the landlord of a young lady who had earlier been killed along the same route. The description of the victim uncannily matched that of the hitchhiker. It's
0: winter evening in Oklahoma in 1965. May Doria, driving to her
1: sister's house from Tulsa to... Wait, her name is May Doria? Yeah. Okay. May
0: Doria, 1965 from Oklahoma. May Doria. (laughs) So May Doria, driving to her sister's house from Tulsa to Prior, sees a boy of about 11 or 12 hitchhiking on the side of the road. Now, who wouldn't pick up a little boy? Right. She stops for him. He gets into the front seat alongside of her and they make idle chatter as they make their way down the highway 20. In their conversation, the boy says that he's a basketball player for a local school. And May reckons of course they use the word reckons. Yeah. May reckons <laughs> that indeed he has the height and build of an athlete. She also notices that he is not wearing a jacket of any kind despite the fact that it's winter. And the boy seemed to have no particular destination in mind. He points to a culvert on the side of the road and asks to be let out there. May is puzzled because there are no houses or lights anywhere in sight. Before she can even pull over, however, the youth simply vanishes from the car. May immediately stops the car, gets out, and looks around, but there is no sign of the boy. May later learns in a chance conversation with a utility worker that the same phantom hitchhiker was first picked up at the same spot in 1936, 29 years earlier. <laughs> boom, boom. Okay. Boom. It makes me kind of sad, too. I'm like, why do they have to wander around and ask for rides from everybody? Is that yeah, like what is that
1: about? Living their purgatory doing that? That is an interesting question, Steph, because if I died in a car crash and I didn't cross, the first thing I'd want to do is go home, but maybe they can't get home. Maybe it's like a loop. And every time they get in the car, they try to get there. I don't know. Sounds awful, though. Sounds like a awful way to exist. It's awful. It's horrible. Many stretches of lonely road feature a tale or two about a phantom hitchhiker. They're always eerily similar in structure, as we can tell. The driver stops to pick up the stranger, often a young woman, sometimes a redhead man, right? (laughs) And during the journey, they vanish from the back of the car and sometimes the driver goes to the address and they want to see if they got a home okay and You know, the usual, they find the code on the grave or the mother says, oh, she died or whatever. But there's an urban legend about London's Blackwell Tunnel. It relocates everything from a lonely country road to a road tunnel beneath the Thames. And there's one crucial difference. The phantom hitchhiker favors motorcyclists, not drivers. Hmm. So let's see if we can find out a bit more about this spectral passenger. The Blackwell Tunnel runs under the River Thames to connect Greenwich and Tower Hamlets. Two Blackwell tunnels run under the Thames. The original tunnel dates 1897, designed to improve trade in the East End, but then it became apparent by the 1930s that one tunnel couldn't handle the traffic demands, and in 1967, a second tunnel opened to alleviate congestion. In previous decades, pedestrians, drivers, and cyclists all used the tunnels. Now it's just vehicles. The tale of the Phantom Hitchhiker seemed to date to 1972, and a motorcyclist spotted a hitchhiker at the southern entrance to the northbound tunnel. The motorcyclist stopped to pick him up, and the hitchhiker gave an address in Lee-on-Sea, Essex. When the motorcyclist reached the other end of the tunnel, he realized his pillion had disappeared. Steph, what's a pillion?
0: Uh, okay, a pillion. That's, uh, where you keep your pills. (laughs)
1: So, this fucking ghost came and took his pill holder. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, so his pillion had disappeared. Worried that the hitchhiker had slipped off the bike in the tunnel, he turned to look. No one laid in the road. The passenger had vanished into thin air. Curious and now concerned about his passenger, the biker went back to the address he'd been given. Maybe his passenger had made it home by other means. He hadn't. It turned out that the passenger died several years previously, killed in an accident, and you guessed it, the Blackwell Tunnel. According to some versions of the legend, the biker learned that several motorcyclists had picked up the Phantom Hitchhiker over the years. And the tale varies with the telling. Some versions have the biker pick up the Phantom Hitchhiker at the southern entrance, other at the northern entrance. Occasionally, the tale even has a motorcycle pick up his ghostly passenger within the tunnel itself.
0: Do you know, I... I used to ride motorcycle. Yeah. And I've only once had someone ride on the back with me. And it's very personal. <laughs> Especially when they take your pillbox. <laughs> that's what that is. A pillion. Oh, my gosh. But I I don't think I'd ever pick somebody up. A stranger. Be, only if it was like a very desperate situation that you could tell. Because they basically have to put their legs, you know, like their crotchers, like ride your back. Right. And they're holding on to you tight. Are we
1: talking like 2012 desperation, like the movie where there's earthquakes going on behind you and the roads are collapsing? You're like, get on! And then you—the <laughs> only way. <laughs> I am with you on that one. But seriously, I would never pick anyone up because
0: the personal space is gone with someone on on the back. Unless you got a huge, huge motorcycle that has like two seats, kind of. Yeah, one of those big Harleys. Yeah. So you're
1: basically got someone hugging you in the back with their it, genitals. On yeah. You. <laughs> and. <laughs> It could be like that one ghost who squeezes the shit out of you. So Steph, I never really established the parameters of our t-shirt contest. I should probably do that. Okay. I mean, I'm offering up t-shirt to a winner, but I didn't even say how long is this contest running? How can you win? And it is kind of narrowed by the fact that if you don't have Apple podcast, you can't really leave a review. So let's specify the parameters of this. If you leave us a review on Apple, we'll take your name. We'll throw it into a hat—not really a hat. That's kind of old-fashioned. We'll use a, a number generator or something. We'll put it in a pillion. We'll put it in a pillion. Shake it around. If you don't have Apple and you can't leave us a review, no problem, why don't you send us an email at to the at gmail.com. Let us know your thoughts about our show. We'll share that comment on the show and we'll also put you in the drawing for the t-shirt and maybe a little other surprise. You never know. I don't know if you had a chance to listen to our St. Patrick's Day episode, but we dropped a trailer for the UH or Umbrella Holics, which is an umbrella podcast that Steph and I are a part of. And it's a lot of fun. So if you're into comedy and crazy situations and vulgar language, go ahead and find us on all the major platforms recently just added to apple we want to thank you dear listeners we do have 27 countries now listening to us the new country is croatia and i have no idea how to say thank you in croatian thank you for being our listeners thank you for leaving us wonderful comments that makes us just want to keep going and i'm going to leave on this note And this is from black moors night called i guess it doesn't matter anymore i pulled along the side and offered her a ride like the rolling mist she floated inside. As we pulled away, she had nothing to say, so I guess it doesn't matter anymore. Oh, and-
0: Tell them large arms that ya.
1: <laughs> <laughs> bye guys back. To the spirit. Podcast. Supernatural. Science. Alien. I'm ghosting, 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 ghosting. Psychic. Mystic. Spirit. Divine source.
0: Heaven. The It's magic.